Hey, hey, hey. Wow, this is a quick one. I'm back already. Less than 24 hours. It's 9.17 Sunday morning. Must be uh, January 26th. And do I have something to say? I guess I have something to say, folks. It's uh, a little chilly this morning, and it's bright, but uh, we have some kind of cloud cover today. So I can't tell you that... uh, It's one of those Arizona perfect blue skies. I thought it would be this morning. And I was up early this morning, as I usually am, and it's Sunday morning, and I had some thoughts to share, some fire. I got some fire, something I want to get off my chest. This might be, I'm thinking this might be like my first sermon ever. (laughs) I was reading 1 John this morning chapter one there's only nine verses so i i assume anyone listening to this is likely familiar with the bible but uh yeah first john and i'm in this process of the last few years of of reading through uh, a chapter a day and i i focus on paul's letters i usually i start with acts because that kind of gives you the background and the story of paul and then, um, and then I go into his letters as he wrote them, as the best I can tell, like with First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, and how Romans and in First and Second Corinthians. So I kind of follow Paul's writings and development, and it's been very interesting for me. So, and I do it every day. I do one a day, and I'm, I keep a journal. I do it in my MacBook Pro, and. Uh, it's uh, my development that I chose to do, and it's been helpful for me. And I hesitate to recommend it um, to people. I mean, and and I and that's not. A, I hesitate a bit because I, my, I just I, I'm really against systematic, formulaic solutions to life. You know. Like, oh, you should do this, do this, and your life will be wonderful. And it's like, nah. So, so, so I hesitate to recommend it because just because that's my life experience of going to church. And I was, uh, I was thinking about that the other day with my family. This is, I mean, every family is unique. You all have your own unique stories. And, and I, on the one hand, I kind of want to, when I was younger, I wanted to run from my family's story. And now it's like, hey, you can't do it. You can't run away from your history. You can't run from your background. And uh, so, I mean, I, I grew up, my, my mother's, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. She's a complex person like we all are. And uh, she uh, fell in love with a Roman Catholic and she was Presbyterian and this is the 1940s. So they had a little issue with the old organized religion thing right from the start. So I guess that flows down into me. (laughs) And so I grew up, I would say my mom would take us to this Lutheran church as a compromise because apparently my mom's intellectually intellectualizing the thing was, uh, well, we're Presbyterian, but that's quite a bit different than Roman Catholics. But I, I'll do Lutheran because that's like closer to Roman Catholic. 
I don't, anyway, I don't know. It's it's my mother's this choice. I just um, grew up with the results of that thinking. So I I uh, was going to the Lutheran church and did all the things we were supposed to do, and but it was kind of weird because like my dad wasn't ever there. You know, he and he he, but he wanted to be faithful to. The unique thing was my dad. My dad wanted to be faithful to his Roman Catholicism because he felt strong attachment to the Roman Catholicism. So it wasn't like he was just a, ah, I'm never going to go to church and this stuff's baloney. But they could never integrate somehow. And my mom, my mom and my dad could never integrate that these organizations are not what it's all about. So, in fact, the organizations are just a really poor image of of what um, what God has to be. I mean, it's strange how both groups and many other groups will claim to teach about this wonderful, awesome God, and yet they seem to limit his uh, his uh, interest in their own organization. And that just doesn't make any sense, right? So, but that's what we have. That's the 90% of the, well, 95% of the, or more of uh, Christianity is about your group. And I'm going to go to a group this morning. And uh, I got, I'm walking Bud here. And Bud's a great, he loves listening to sermons. This Bud, he doesn't fall asleep in the, in the pew. Maybe that's a good way of doing sermons is to walk around because no one's sleeping. And uh, so Bud, yeah, Bud's walking here, so... It's a walking sermon today, walking the dog sermon. So, John, what are my thoughts? So many. I have way, you know, lots of thoughts, and that's a great thing. So I'll try to put some structure to it. We're going to talk about John and uh, his letter, and these, these are so familiar words. The verse pluck. I mean, if when I hear someone talk about First John, I immediately go to the the verse plucking of verse nine. That's the memorized memorized verse. And what's kind of cool for my, if this is my first sermon, you can pause the tape. I've paused the podcast and just uh, read those nine verses in about one minute. That's all it takes. But I, I saw some depth in there today. There's some depth. And it's, this is all kind of coming together for me because I, I, I'm such a rebellious guy to manipulation. And one of the most clear manipulating things is when people hand you a book and say okay we're gonna as a as a group we're gonna study first john so we need this book and this book's <laughs> and i got that book already because i just joined a group again and uh it's interesting because i really have to just shut up in the group because i don't, I don't think people are ready for these kind of discussions you know it's like so one of the one of the fellows from church says well well, Mike, you, you always look deep and you, you really go deep. And I was like, I can't help it because I have to. <laughs> that's just who I am. And so I'm, I guess I'm learning some grace and love and to realize that uh, not everybody cares to think so deeply or something. And it's not that I'm right about stuff. I just have questions. You know? I'm not saying I have it figured out, but I just think it's asking the questions and thinking about it. So this should be fun this week. We're going to cover the same chapter. 
coincidentally, I just happened to be in my reading of uh, Paul. And so what I've done is I've stacked it up. I'm mixing a little bit of information about my methods. But I read through Paul, and then he wrote many, many chapters of the New Testament. And then there's a, a few other guys, Peter, James, John, that wrote other letters and things. So I do finish. I think it's, shoot, what is it, 120 seven chapters related to Paul. That includes close to 30 chapters in Acts. And then uh, and then there's some straggler chapters so that the rest of the guys go take it from like 127 to 148. So there's like, what would that be? 21 other chapters of Peter and 1 John. I don't I'm not diving into revelations. I, that's just too confusing, and I don't want to do that right now. Someday, maybe. But there's enough instruction and teaching in, in the others that I don't think I need to spend uh, that time right now. Maybe I'll, maybe that'll change. But First John 1, 9 verses. And the, the classic plucked verses is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and and that's used so much as in a in the pulpit in services to um i think it's still i i resist behavior modification is my theme and so it's kind of like yeah we're we sin and we don't do the right thing and there's sins of commission you do things and there's sins of omission and and it and it all Another theme that's coming out is that I feel like the churches paint a picture of God being external to this life and that he's just sitting there watching us. So the message. So I'll, I'll listen to someone and I'll be like, well, you're kind of painting a picture that, that God is just sitting back watching. Like he, he got the top spinning and he's just watching what's going on and it's up to us to figure out what the right thing to do is, and it's up to us to figure out what the wrong things to do are and just not do them, and then God will be happy. And I've started to, by reading all these verses in Paul, is about, he describes a living God, a, a powerful God, a Holy Spirit that he sent after Jesus came. <clears throat> and... Um, and Jesus ascended to heaven. He's gone. He left. And that's such a great thing to think about, too, that he left. And, uh, but there's, that doesn't mean God isn't around and he's living God. And we can think about the Holy Spirit is what he wants us to think about. So that, to me, that's the message of Paul is, is he was interrupted by God himself and the Holy Spirit and put him on a different path. And that same Holy Spirit and God um, is doing that with other people. And hopefully, hopefully he's doing that with you. And it's a different mindset. It's not one that's taught, I don't think, in the church. And so I guess I'm, I'm transitioning from being upset with organized religion and I'm not so much angry and want to argue with them 
it's more of like just being saddened that they just don't get it. I, I mean, I just think they're missing it. And it's not, not that I have to prove these organized religions right or wrong. It's just like they're close. That's the sad thing. Is it's, it's deceptive because they get like 90% of it, quote unquote, right, if there is such a thing. But they just miss that other piece. And I was talking to somebody and I, I said, I'm not charismatic. I mean, I don't consider myself charismatic because they're, and yet someone says, well, no, you are. You, you think, you know, the Holy Spirit is so important. I'm like, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm quote unquote charismatic because to me, charismatic puts you in a box again. It's just another organized religion. There's like, oh, you, if you're charismatic, then you have to go to this church and be in this box and be with this group of people. And, that's where you fit in. I'm like, no, that's not me. So, wow. So what else? What? So what jumped out at me today is John um, is a person, right? So it's not just the Word of God inspired, inerrant, magical instructions. It's a person. Hey, morning. Morning. Hey, bud, bud. But, hey, but, so it's, who's writing this thing? John, he was a disciple. He was called with his uh, brother James and Peter, the three guys, kind of the first three guys. Then you come across in Matthew's account. And I was thinking, does Jesus, did he spend his three years with these guys trying to get them to not sin? and uh, change their behavior. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, no way, he didn't. That's just, it's just what's so amazing to me. It was like a light went off. So Jesus called these 12 guys to be with him. And he, he didn't like say, okay, guys, today we're having a seminar on how to do this or to do that or do this. He just like called them and he's like, hey, watch this, observe this. So they basically, yeah, they live with them. And they they walked with him, and he kind of told them a few times, like, nah, that's not good, or you know, that's I don't know, I don't know. I I would I would find it hard to believe, to to read the story of uh, the Gospels, and his time with the disciples, and sum up his three years and say, yeah, that, that Jesus was all about teaching them right and wrong, teaching them to do the right thing teaching them not to sin and I'd say no that's not that's not what I observe I, I, he just called those guys to be with him and they they just observed that's all he wanted he I mean he didn't he wasn't putting all these expectations on these 12 guys to like get it in fact he knew they just didn't get it in fact you know they didn't really get it until the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2 after he ascended to heaven so he just called them to follow him. So maybe we should take the pressure off each other. So when we go to church and some pastors like trying to influence us to do something, it's like, really, is that, is that, I guess, I'm, I guess my thing right now is I'm really diminishing the, um, the Sunday morning sermon. It's like, it's, I used to put too much importance on it. And I'm like, I can read this myself. That's the thing. And it's not like I'm 
trying to rebel against the organized church. I'm just, I can't, I don't think it's healthy to just be dependent on the Sunday morning thing and then just go do your thing. So I'm doing this reading myself. So, so John is a guy that lived with him. So you'll see his flowery language at the beginning about how he, what was from the beginning, what we had seen, heard, and touched. So he's, you know, showing that, hey, I was with this Jesus character. And what does he name it? So in, in the, uh, the Rob Bell School of Communication, what did, what did John name Jesus? He called him the Word of Life. The Word of Life. I'm like, wow, that's the Word of Life. And then I thought, well, what's, what's the Word of Death? You know, the opposite. And, um, you know, I've read these words. I'm sure I've read First John in groups and blah, 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 and sermons. But this morning, it was just me. I just, I'm doing it. I'm going to read it. And I can't, it's hard, I mean, I can, I can try to manipulate the listener into seeing things my way. I'm just, but I'm like, no, that, don't get the book out. Don't, don't let somebody else guide you through their questions of like, hey, what does this mean? What does this mean? Just read it. It's nine verses. It's easy. It takes one minute. But if you do it slowly and think about it, think about the context, think about the person writing and his experience and what is he going to say? It's just the first chapter of five. And it starts out with this, the word of life. And then for whatever reason, I'm thinking, well, how do we live? I, and I was thinking, we are all born in this life and essentially we are living um, death. So everything we do every day, and, this, and it, I'm going to explain this a bit. Everything we do every day is pretty much to avoid death. It sounds kind of morbid, but it, but we're so, it's so ingrained in us from we're born. We need food. We cry. We go, ah, I need food, food, water, you know, because we're going to die if we don't eat, right? So everything we, it's just, it's kind of philosophical. I mean, it's got to be philosophical. I think everything we do is avoiding death and, and we're just so good at it um, that, that every day we do that, we eat. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can fast and not eat for 40 days or do stuff. But I mean, essentially, everything we do is avoiding death. It's another way of framing it. Right. I, I very carefully use the word framework because I don't like it because usually frameworks are manipulation schemes. But it's a to me, let me frame it that way and just say, hey, think about what you're doing today. If you're in a car driving you're avoiding death. You don't, I mean, there's rules in the road, which I don't always follow the way other people may interpret the <laughs> rules, rules of driving. But I mean, you, you drive and you're essentially avoiding death. You know, who, who wants to, nobody wants to die, but it's inevitable, right? So the whole, all of life's history, human history is death is unavoidable and kind of, some people kind of joke about it, but, um, so that's what, but if you think every day, what we're actually doing that every day, we're avoiding death, we're eating, we're drinking. And sometimes we, you know, we kind of notice as we get older and age, like, oh, our bodies are changing. And it's like not new. I mean, every, 
human dies and then you know fortunately a lot of them grow old and have the experience of aging but uh, so you need to change your diet you might go exercise but it's a, in a small way it's just avoiding death <laughs> I mean that's my framework today so we live we are born everything about our life is about avoiding death even working going to get a job saving money for the future it's all a fear of dying it's fear of of not having sustenance or something or trying to quote unquote take care of ourselves right so here's the contrast uh, john says we have seen this from the beginning who's from the beginning god created all this he's the only word of life there is that's it who who can speak of life and there's a coyote out here on the the new freeway so bud's ears are perked up and um, the new freeway is elevated above the ground so it kind of gives an interesting silhouette of a coyote walking across there bud's certainly interested in it so we're going to go into the dirt bud you know what you want to check out that coyote he's pulling on the leash he's just curious right isn't that we all have a level of curiosity i think i cannot stop being curious i guess my curiosity doesn't know when to to back off i think oh yeah i think i was saying that before if someone you know the hole needs to be six feet deep and i just keep digging to seven eight nine feet deep and i don't know when to stop <laughs> so we got the word of life what, a, what an expression that's like hey that's gotta be god is the word of life and then it gets into just in those few verses john's talking about eternal life so nobody experiences that we don't understand it this is uh the other thing in reading these passages is john and peter and, and many of these folks have the history of the of god interacting with their their uh, ancestors the jewish history so um uh, there's i'm sure there's a lot more deep thoughts on that and um but for me i was like word of life great every day i live to avoid death and john's talking about life and uh a few verses later he's talking about that uh, i mean I, I think john's communicating that he has peace he's uh we know this is written near the end of his life and uh and he's been living and doing whatever he's been doing but he's writing this letter down and he talks about that um, god is light so i'm out here in the light it doesn't get much lighter than an arizona desert although i do have cloud cover so I'm not quite that bright today. Somewhat bright, but not not as bright as it could be. But let's walk in the light. And what does that mean, walk in the light? It's it's like his the fellowship. He says that's uh, if you walk in the light, then you'll be in fellowship with people like John, the disciples that uh, are with. Uh, with the word of 
of life. And uh, the, 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 the verse 9 is uh, not so much a, a scolding verse or a manipulative concept to get us to stop sinning or change our behavior by any means. It is a, uh, well, I'm in some loose dirt here, bud. Oh, boy, that's, yeah. Now I got dirt in my shoes, bud. <laughs> that is not real comfortable for a sermon. <laughs> dirt and the sandals. I'm going to have to, I got these uh, sketcher type shoes. And now I'm going to have to take them off and empty out the dirt, bud. Let's go over here and do that. Um, so the sinning is part of the death. That's what we live with. It's not the word of life. It's the, the death we avoid. But the sin is just an acknowledgement of our condition. So we often think of other, at least I do. I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak for the listener. I'm not going to speak for you. But I, what I do is sometimes I'm thinking like, well, I don't know. There's some really arrogant people in this world, of course. We, we may observe that. And they probably communicate that everything's fine, everything's good. And they don't, there's nothing that they do wrong. And yet, and the point isn't to point out, the point isn't to say, oh yeah, you're terrible, you do this and that, and you're wrong. It's to, it's to start walking in the light. The point is the point of the nine verses and I think what John would really like John would really like it if people would walk in the light right bud it's like all this dirt in my shoe bud so let's walk in the light and uh, and then he, that verse is more for um, those who may feel guilty or feel less than like oh maybe they're not Maybe they're not walking in the light enough, right? Like, are you doing enough? Are you walking in enough light? And, and I think John would be saying, hey, chill out. If you sin and you're going to sin, you know, we know it. Um, just, just confess your sins and move on. So what is I mean I'm thinking like well where would John pick that up from and I'm thinking well he spent 3 years walking around with with Jesus every day and Jesus wasn't probably I don't think Jesus was like correcting those guys every every time he thought that they were doing something wrong so so picture this right so you're you're hanging out with the god of the universe Jesus he know he can read your mind, and yet, we his goal isn't to like correct every stinking thing these guys do, right? So that you know he does you know we do see that um, his interactions and things with with uh, Peter and he, Peter's classic because he he uh, kind of does stuff and that, and that's why I like just people they don't, don't depend on other teachers to teach you 
what you might need. I think you have. Everybody has unique needs. Unique, and that's a throwaway word. It's uh, you, everybody has their life situation, your history, and so God is big, and He speaks through this word. And and then then I say that hesitantly again, because I see that as a manipulation. I am so picky, folks. I am really picky about listening and hearing. So people say we need to spend time in the word. They usually comes across as being stick your eyeballs on the page and read as if that's magically going to change your life. And again, it's 90% true. Yes, read the word. I'm not saying not to. But there's there's got to be a way to read the word in a way that is most beneficial. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing myself. I'm trying to stick with it. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm in a process. I'm, I'm going through a process of discovery. And well, so the, the back to these, the word, well, we, we the word is life. So there's, there's some philosophical concepts here. Yeah, spend time. If you say spend time in the Word, it actually might be spending time in the Holy Spirit, which is not an expression that people often speak about. And I'm yearning to hear that. Sometimes I go to I'll hear a sermon at church, and I'm looking for, is, this, is anybody really experiencing the Holy Spirit in a way, in a moment-by-moment life, or do they just... It's just so hard to do that, to use the words Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's why people probably think I might be charismatic. I'm not. I'm just saying this is in the text. The Holy Spirit is mentioned so often. What does it mean? And uh, so the spending time, quote-unquote, in the Word is also, should be, in, should be or could be interpreted as walking in the Spirit. So think about... What I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking about, is Jesus called these 12 disciples. He wasn't, his goal wasn't to like change their behavior and make them into super Christian leaders. He's just like, hey man, watch this. He didn't watch them. I mean, when you think about it and you summarize the whole thing, he's like, hey guys, follow me, you know, 12 guys coming around. Lots of stuff happens. He does lots of teaching. It's all leading up to, he, he knows what it's leading up to. It's the whole thing. It's just like, hey, I'm here and I am going to mess with these people's minds. I'm going to mess with their minds so much that they're going to want to kill me. And it's like, he's not doing anything that's is, is, is worthy of death other than to mess their organized religion up. So you got the one guys who are ticked at him. Hey, this is a new thought. So you got a whole group of people that are ticked at this guy because he's messing up their organized religion. And then you have the other guys who are ticked off at him because they're messing up their political power structure, right? The Romans, right? So, so you got you got the Jews who are looking at this guy going, hey man, we got a nice, we have a system here. We got a temple. We got this whole system set up. And this dude is coming along and kind of like messing with our system. 
and uh, and then they they go, hey Romans, you know he's he's eventually going to mess with your system too. So so we better get rid of this guy. So the whole thing plays out perfectly to God's plan, right? So whatever's going on in our lives, um, and think start thinking about, hey, this is all part of. God's plan. It's very painful because we want to control stuff, right? Do we ever want to control? And some of us really, really want to control outcomes and control stuff. And we often are not able to do that. And the joy is in letting it, is living in the light, walking, just walk in the light. Is that an easy command? Like walk in what's good think positively of other people so I uh, I really have this angst and I get um, frustrated with Twitter let's say for example people making statements that I don't agree with so of course of course I almost there's not a single statement even you know even people that I don't agree with if I really looked hard I probably could find something I don't, don't agree with but if if you're on my bad side then I'll, I may tweet against you. But then the people I tend to agree with 90% of the time, I let it go. I'm not looking for faults, but I think we all can see that in our public discourse right now. And that uh, there's always people going out to get you. That's a gotcha. Uh, it's not very pleasant, is it, to have the people got you? So it's a meandering sermon. Where are we at? So I'm, I'm at the Jesus hanging out with these guys. And I'm also fascinated that we don't talk about this in church. That Paul, he, Jesus could have easily called Paul as one of his disciples, and he didn't. And I think there's a, I suspect the reason is he didn't fit in with the 12 guys. His background and the plan the plan was to let this guy persecute the church for a while a zealot and then he called him in and he was the best guy to to see the the, the transition from the way it used to be that the Jews were the call the Jewish people their group was the group and that the whole message is to open this life up, open the life to everyone. So for whatever reason, it probably was a little bit painful for God to, to be patient with the story for hundreds of years working with this group of Jewish people, knowing that eventually it's going to break open and into the Gentiles, which... The folks back then, they didn't have all these data and statistics. So let's say the, the world population was, I don't even think it was 100 million people at the time. I don't know, there's, there's people today that try to project back to these things, but it was definitely small. And apparently now we have like 7 billion people on the planet. So, oh, dogs behind fences. Hey, because that's like 
crying babies in church. <laughs> so, uh, so, where was I going with the billions of people again? So, there's, they just didn't see it. Paul didn't see it. So we are where we are. This is the growth. And I guess I'm saying that uh, what, I, what I'm leaning towards or going at is God's in control somehow, whatever that means. And he doesn't control every little thing that happens, but the general events of time that we all kind of ride on are happening and he knows about them. And Paul is the guy that brings the message to the Gentiles. And that was the history back then. And he wrote in a context in the history of the time. It was good. And, and so we elevate the written word, scripture, to a very high level. And it's inerrant and inspired word of God. And it's also in context. There is certain historical things happening in a worldview, world concept that uh, is uh, hi, is changing a bit. So, morning. morning. Good, good. So the pastor was just asked how he was doing right in the middle of the sermon, right, right near the, <laughs> right, right near the end of his sermon. Some bicyclists are. Hey, how you doing? So is this not, maybe this is like the perfect image of a, of, of the futuristic sermon concept. It's like, we're just out. This is life. So, you know, you got to wear a jacket. It's a little cool this morning. It's not a climate controlled, climate controlled faith, is it? You know? And the buzz phrase at our church is the, now go be the church out there. Well, this is me, I'm being the church out on the sidewalk, out in the desert, being the church with my dog. <laughs> being the church with, with life going on around us. This is God interacting with us. I, it, sound, it probably sounds flaky. If I listen to myself, it probably sounds flaky, but it's, it's just my sincere, good, intentional thoughts and uh, so I'll, I'll be going into the first John chapter one group Bible study on Thursday and I predict we talk about all kinds of minutia details and I'm gonna have to try to slowly guide the conversation into what you guys notice about the Word of Life. And maybe if a guy's written a good Bible study, he'll probably ask the question. But do we, we don't really need the Bible study book to ask the good questions. We should read it and think about it on our own. So it's nine, nine verses. What's, what's the big deal? Do we need someone to like print out a complicated book with questions number one through seven and 
and then structure the questions into topics to make it all neat and orderly? Or can we just ask each of us to read it, think about it, pray? What what is prayer? Prayer is just acknowledging, to me, prayer is just acknowledging that God exists and that he's listening and he's present and your thoughts and he knows it whether you speak them eloquently or whatnot prayer is just acknowledging God's presence and uh, I'm sure other people have put a formula to it and that's okay but if once I have God's presence in mind I'm humbled and I'm not manipulating anything. Not, I'm not manipulating my own thoughts. I'm just being uh, being present myself. So it's about five minutes to go. First John. I think I covered First John chapter one really well. Nine verses. And yes, we're all sinners. So yes, the the message is you're not going to get along with John, the guy that lived with Jesus for three years. He's basically saying, you're, if, you don't, if you don't see the sin and death in the world, and especially in your own life, then you just don't get it. You're not walking in the light. And you're not going to really, John's not going to hang out with you, right? So if you want to hang out with John, he's basically saying, this is the way it's always been. The human condition is death. The human condition is um, the complex thing of sin. It's all relational, selfish. We learn. We just we come out of the womb that way, right? We we just part of it is the is the avoidance of death. Babies are trying. To, they're going to scream because they can feel death already like starvation, hunger. They can feel death right from the beginning. And no one likes death. We don't like death, do we? But we, we can delude ourselves into thinking that everything's fine. Well, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And that's when we compare ourselves to what we see around us. And... Uh, it's the most comfortable mental maybe it's the most comfortable way mentally to live is to just compare ourselves to other people and uh, and then also it's all delusional too because we don't really know I mean how many people do we really know in depth and so even even the people closest to us do we really we have I, I don't know I'm, I'm probably not very good at the Intimacy. I think of my Jerry Maguire movie. Somehow they say Jerry's great at friendship, but bad at intimacy. So on my distribution curve, I'm probably not a, a high intimate person. Uh, I think I have empathy, but maybe the empathy is... I have a high, 
maybe I feel like I have a high level of empathy on surface friendship level stuff, but I, I probably really don't have a high level of empathy in an intimate, relational way. And should I feel guilty about that? No, it's just who I am. It's, that's what I am. And wow, I, I just have all these thoughts about pastors and Christian leaders and guys stuff. I mean, it's just, I've been allowed myself to be, to manipulate myself into this concept that they have the truth and yet the truth is what, <laughs> that is such a um, simplistic expression. The truth. What is the truth? We can't handle the truth. Um, what was I saying? That the, the, the leaders should have it all figured out. But they don't. I guess we, that, that's, once you get over 50, you kind of look back at all the, maybe the ministers and churches and spiritual leaders you talk to. It's all a journey. And it's 2019. It's January 2019. God is alive. And he's still God. And for whatever reason, the world population is cranking it up. 7 billion, 8 billion. Huge quantities of souls. I kind of think, well, I don't know. It's got to be health care that we're... we're I guess, I guess in my terminology this morning, it would be we've gotten really good at avoiding death, right? We keep, we keep making strides and improving the avoidance of death. Thus, the population of the earth is up. There's a lot of people going to die today, unfortunately. And as the world population goes up to 8, 9 billion, there's going to be even more people dying every day just because statistically the numbers so where do you put the boundaries on numerical analysis I don't know I'm just now I'm really drifting into some strange things there and um, so lots of souls lots of people and the word of life was here and 12 guys observed them pretty close and uh, a lot of them wrote stuff. And one guy who, who didn't exactly observe them like those 12 guys did, but had, a, had the new thing that we all have, which is the Holy Spirit calling us, choosing us to uh, follow him, follow the light, walk in the light, this, this chapter would, would describe it as simply, let's walk in the light. So I need to, my thing the last couple of years is like, am I, do I really love people? Do I, do I, I mean, essential walking in the life would be to love others, right? So, yeah, so I want to improve on that. I'm not an outlier on loving other people, but I'm moving in that direction. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And, and what's comforted me is, you know, it's not that God's waiting for us to arrive at some 
perfection level of performance like you we haven't loved people enough so we don't we don't rate he doesn't care about us because we haven't figured out how to love other people better it's like he's like hey oh you figured it out it's walking in the light it's walking in the spirit it's just every moment it's oh you're avoiding death today yeah well i'm the word of life so if you really want to avoid avoid death today which you're going to do anyways you're going to do your best to avoid death but hey i'm out here if you want to talk about life if you're kind of tired of avoiding death every day we can talk about life and uh I don't know, I think this is unprepared. It's, 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 I don't know how Rob would characterize this. It is the deep things in my, I mean, Rob would probably have fun with my, my stuff. Because it's, it's not exactly conventional, right? I do have write down stuff. I do document, journal, let's say. So it's all there. So I think he would say I'm, these concepts have been percolating but they actually also surprise myself when they come out of me like i this is not this is not a prepared structured podcast you know it's i have some fire and i have some flow maybe i have some flow because bud's walking with me so i got flow i got bud i'm witness so i got some fundamentals of communication going on here definitely unstructured but there's an oddly enough there is a structure to it because i'm walking the dog so. <laughs> the structure is i'm almost home so it's going to end soon so uh thanks for listening whatever i mean i'm doing this for myself really and uh Thanks for allowing me to uh, share my thoughts. Maybe they resonate with you. Maybe they're helpful to you. I don't know where it's where it's going, folks. Um, but I, I have bottled up messages or bottled up ideas that haven't been expressed that I want to express to some way. It's just what's the right way of expressing them. And right now, Walking the dog's working pretty good for me. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to do my thing there. And then I got mundane thoughts, like my back's a little... My mundane thoughts are physically, I'm a, I, it's part of the avoiding death. My, It's not exactly avoiding it, but um, the death is showing itself in back pain, a lower, little bit of lower back pain. And I've been working the last few months on physical fitness and now it sounds like I'm out of breath just walking up the hill but there's a good chance I'm going to run five miles today at about a 10 mile 10 minute a mile pace so it's like not super fast but you know I you run you at your own pace you know you run your race and I'm running and 10 minutes is pretty good for me it's a little bit challenging maybe I'll bring it down to 945 but it, I'm sure that there's people that run seven minute miles for five miles or 10. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I'll get there, but I, my brain is like living today, 
should I run the five miles? My back's sore, but I'll probably do it anyways because as soon as I know, as soon as I start running, I forget about my back. But will it do damage to my back? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I just live. I'm dying anyway, right? We're all, we're all avoiding death <laughs> every day. So is that, is that, I think that might be the theme of this one is the word of life. The word of life. So where nobody can speak about life except for what we have spiritually. Life, life, life. And we're all living and experiencing death. And we all are avoiding death every day. I'm not, that's, that's a very simplistic framework, right? That the simplistic framework is that we're just trying to avoid death. And we deny that it's going to happen because it's not a, a joyful thought because we don't know what's beyond. But maybe, maybe that's what the word of life came to show us was that there is something beyond. And Buds, you're looking for some food, aren't you, Bud? So we'll get you some food as we finish up here. Um... We got the refrigerated dog food for the bud in the garage. And uh, the Arizona required refrigerator in the garage for additional cold beverages and things in the summer. Um, and also as a good, good storage for dog food um, is what we got. So, grace, mercy, mercy, not just, not just grace and peace, but we can use a little mercy too. Why not? To um, all of you. And I will go to a message shortly and see what the all-encompassing message is as decided by a professional. Yes, I'm going to go listen to a professional who's going to speak to me and, and I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm looking, I think there might be some good stuff here, but I'm not dependent on what uh, one guy has prepared and decided. I, uh, I do my own 40 minutes of reading or whatever it is, 30 and my own prep and I feel alive. It's the word of life folks. So may you be blessed by the message. May you, Take ownership over your walk, walk in the light. The light is big, the light is broad, the light includes so many people. Let's just walk in the light, folks. So, bud, we're gonna end it now, bud. You did very well as usual on your walk. So, hey everybody, have a great day. Bye.